was it really just last weekend that we were at the Hollywood Cinema? It was actually, uh, what, three, four days ago? Holy um, Three crap. and four days ago. <laughs> I, it feels like it was significantly longer ago. I still, I still feel like I'm adjusting to society again. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, but, I, I, for, but I mean, in terms of, like, I feel like I've experienced this bizarre, momentous experience that my mind is reeling from, but I'm back at work. <laughs> Not really dealing with mundane stuff. So, so for those of you and, and without the benefit of a cold <laughs> open, we're talking about the uh, uh, the twelfth annual movie marathon sponsored by Fatso this year that was held at the Hollywood Cinema. Twelfth, wow! This weekend, what number is this um, for you? Uh, this is my seventh. So uh, you started in 05? 05, yeah. Hey, snap. Is that is yeah, year seven yeah. as well? 05, yeah. Wow, I, I didn't realize that. And we, yeah, we're going there for five years together before we knew each other. Was that the, was 05 the year that Lady Terminator played? Or was it later on? Uh, 06, I believe. 05, 05 was The Descent. Oh, yeah, Descent. The yep, Descent, right. Descent saw yeah, to yeah, yeah. Um, yep, I remember that. Fight for Your two. Life. Fight for Your Life is the one I remember from... Uh, yeah. Oh five. Um, but, um, yeah, so that's interesting that we've both been going for the same time. And, um, I think, you know, over the years that we've been going, we've probably learned the same lessons of like, take the Monday after <laughs> off. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so we both had Monday off this year. Um, yeah. for those of you who don't know, um, an annual event run by, um, Ant Timpson for, I guess, Cine Geeks, um, I hesitate to even say cinephiles because it wouldn't appeal to people who like high art. <laughs> it really is um, a den for people who love obscure, rare, trash, cult, cult cinema. I mean, there are good films. I mean, I don't. It's not just trash. <laughs> good films. No, well, I mean, yeah, there are new films. Yeah. That that um, mostly genre films, like a few previews here and there, um, noticeably less this year, which um, suited me nicely. Yeah, that's my preference. It's um, yeah. <coughs> it's interesting because I know that um, sometimes getting the new films is supposed to be what gets people in the door. But but for me, what the marathon's about are those older the, the vintage trash that the you're vault. never ever going to be able to see because Ant just happens to have a copy or can source a copy, and where else are you ever going to see it on a big screen? And 35mm. We yeah. watched 14 films, all in 35mm. In 24 and t- hours. Yeah. And and we didn't even go over, really. It was in 24 hours. That's, that was insane. Yeah. We, had a, we had a pretty efficient breakfast and and, and uh, dinner this year, actually. Yeah. it's uh, They've really got the science of it down. Yeah, so yeah. As, a, as a process, it's uh, pretty impressive. Why don't we um, go through the list Take and do uh, some good quick snap judgments. Okay. Of, uh, um, so, um, film number one. Prime, Prime Cut. Cut. Now, what a fantastic opener. <laughs> and, and, and I have to say that I was... The, the last couple of years, maybe, or three years, we've had a uh, black and white, maybe 40s, 50s noir film. Yep. Lady um, in a Cage. Lady and, in a Cage. Um, um, the um, Kitten with a Whip. Kitten with a Whip. Uh, the Kansas City Confidential. And Ride the Dark Street. Yeah. Which is um, a bit more goofy than the yeah, other yeah. ones, but yeah. Um, as, as openers. Um, so I was expecting the black and white noir film, and here we get served up this piece of, was it 70s? 71 or 72, Two, something yeah, like that. Early Michael 70s. And we had uh, Lee Marvin, Lee Gene Marvin, Hackman, uh, Gene Hackman, Sissy Spacek. So, oh yeah, Sissy Spacek. I, I, I didn't. I, when I saw the credits, I was like, "Holy crap, Sissy Spacek!" Um, yeah. 
and it, it was it was like the typical Lee Marvin, the macho kind of mob guy who um, who's brought in to sort of fix a bad situation that uh, Gene Hapman's at the other end of. Um, whose name happens to Marianne. Yeah, that's a bit of a strange... Uh, <laughs> uh, prime cut because Marianne runs a meat plant. Yes, which we... Um, the very the very first scenes of the film are set in a slaughterhouse, House. and uh, that kind of set the tone. There's a lot of animal violence this yeah, one, yeah. which is one of... But what yeah. a what a fantastic film, and, and, and the very best of a kind of that 70s kind of macho... Lee Marvin, he doesn't come in and commit great acts of violence. He walks into a room, he stares some guys down, and uh, and they, they just look at him and go, this is not a guy to be messed with. <laughs> Even if he doesn't turn up with a weapon. You know, they're all kind of like, I've got a shotgun, but I'm thinking twice about taking this guy on. <laughs> there aren't many actors who can do more with less than Lee yeah, Marvin. Yeah. Um, there's that great moment in the restaurant where um, uh, he's having dinner with Sissy Spacek, who's wearing... Yeah. A uh, sheer blouse and his nipples are showing. Holy and, moly! <laughs> um, uh, uh, across the table, another gentleman is looking at her, <laughs> unashamedly staring at her while his wife looks on. Yeah, and there's there's this great wordless ballet of the looks and glances yeah. between the four that um and that uh, ends beautifully <laughs> with um after after the man turns away in shame, um, yeah. uh, Lee Marvin shares a look with his wife, and um, that was just priceless. I yeah. mean. I, 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 yeah, Michael Ritchie, who directed it, um, he's done two other films that I've seen. Uh, Smile, which is about kids' beauty pageants in the 70s, and uh, Downhill Racer, which is uh, uh, Robert Redford yep, and yep. Gene Hackman. Yeah, I know that one. And um, in both those, he takes milieus that I'm not particularly like dying to see a film about and and just hits a really interesting tone that's sometimes comic, sometimes dark and um yeah it's a really it's not a, not a director that's maybe as hyped as some 70s directors you know you always hear about yeah. you know, somebody like friedkin or somebody before yeah. that but um or bogdanovich or what have you but I'd re- i i've enjoyed everything i'd see i'd like to see a lot more well and, um, i'd be happy yeah. to see more from him after this feature a prime yeah. cut yeah it was uh, it worked brilliantly as an opener for the marathon you know a bit of vintage yeah. film that that was uh probably pretty unseen by, by a lot yeah. of people. I, I happen to have seen it before, yeah. but I'm pretty, yeah. <laughs> that, that was just more of a random yeah. thing on my part. But uh, it did a lot with with not, with not a pretty tight storyline. Yeah. I've come to town to, to check out a situation between, you know, that, that have some relationship um, from the past where one of their crew is sort of shot off to do his own thing in, where is he, Kansas City or something? Kansas City, yeah. Um, and he's calling them all sort of losers in the city and this is where the opportunities are here. And, and yeah, it's just a bit of a showdown between these two guys as Lee Marvin rides into town to sort of collect a debt and sort of put him in his place. And, man, does he do it, even though his, even though the crew he brings with him is pretty ineffectual. Well, that's, I mean, it's something that's brought up in the film, right, that the, yeah. the, the big city is not doing as well as it used to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking of um, crews of people working together, Eliminators. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> film, film number two. two. Um, so, okay, let's give a general overview. 80s, B-grade, Z-grade. So I started watching Actually, it, I'm like, oh, this is an 80s Terminator ripoff. Yeah. And then somewhere along the way, it's like, Oh, it's like a Terminator ripoff, but now it's kind of got romantic the stone. stone in there too. 
And then the ninja shows up. <laughs> and it's like it's it was, almost like they just took every movie that was, it was popular. Every eighties adventure action film. There was there was yeah, there was Terminator, there was Renacting the Stone, there was Robocop, um Back was to the Future, future. The Time Travel Element and American um, Ninja. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah, the, the, I mean even the the character like yeah, there's a bit of romancing a stone. It's like, oh, maybe there's a little bit of Indiana Jones Shows. thrown in yeah, there yeah, as well. Yeah. It was just like, oh, we'll just put in something for everybody. And Steal those ideas, remove the acting ability. <laughs> or, or coherence. <laughs> um, um, and, or, or, or budget. I mean, and there's some <laughs> awesome props. <laughs> yes, the, the mobile this unit my for mobile. our hero. Um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> think of... Think of, think of Robocop meets Terminator is uh, trying to escape from a compound of the evil scientist and he says to escape I'm going to need my mobile unit to the scientist who's helping him and this thing that looks like oh I'm trying to there was a game that I used to play like with tanks and stuff it might have been tanks or other it was like some bizarre piece of this where this guy the the half kind of android guy plugs into this this kind of thing on caterpillar wheels or whatever that's rolling around. It's the most awkward looking thing. It goes really slow. It doesn't give him any extra weaponry because he essentially just uses his plug-in arm. <laughs> and he, but he needs it to escape. He could have ran out of that compound quicker and avoided half the trouble he had getting downstairs. <laughs> Get, getting his, getting the guy who was protecting him there killed. The, 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 the Austin Powers, the Circa Austin Powers, you know, 40 point turn trying to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, that that's one to that wa- watch when you want to kill a couple brain cells with some like-minded friends. <laughs> that was fantastic. Attack the block. Now I was really looking forward to attack the block. I mean, this has been out for so long in the states and the UK. It's already that, out on Blu-ray yeah, in the states. It's getting embarrassing. It's not actually. I'm a bit confused. The Flix website had it as being due out in first of December or something like that. Yeah. Which, um, but everywhere else, and including Vendetta. Uh, saying it's supposed to be out in March, which is what I'd heard. It was like February, March, yeah. uh, 2012, which is ridiculous. I mean, how that's over a year after it came out. Um, but what can you do? Anyway, we get the chance to have a preview screening of it here um, for New Zealand. Anyway, um, and for me, I, I'm an Edgar Wright fan. Um, I'm uh, I'm not a. I'm, I like creature features. Um, um, they're pretty good. Um, and this is a bit of a sci-fi twist to it. But what really stood out for me is the setting. Putting a kind of a sci-fi creature feature, so you've got like um, an alien invasion, um, but it's set in a South London housing estate. Uh, or, you know, blo- the block is, is the housing estate block, um, the big block of apartment buildings. Um, and, and, the, and the protagonists are the kids that live there who, you know, you know I've been seeing them mugging this woman um, and, you know, speaking in their speak. Just putting a genre film in that setting was fantastic and it was really well done on, on, on a pretty moderate budget um, and, you know, with limited setting. I, I, it appealed to me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. The photography um, was fantastic. I, yeah. I really gelled with uh, there's an early scene where the first alien lands and there's mm. a bit of a scuffle and i thought it was kind of they kind of cut in a way like oh they're trying not to show it and it was a yeah. bit chaotic and i'm like oh i don't know that's a little michael bayish and but the rest of the film isn't like that it's no, very yeah. considered thoughtful for some reason i had it in my head that it was going to be more a cloverfield 
yeah. like, style of found footage. And it wasn't that at all. No, no, it was very, um, very nicely set up footage and and, sh- and shooting. It wasn't handheld. I had, and this is quite square of me, but I had for the first half hour, forty minutes or so, a real difficulty reconciling the fact that the characters who we saw mugging this innocent person for no good reason were our audience identification protagonists protagonists and and i i found that really you know and and the, early on i'm like oh are we think can we just kill them all and get it over and and I, to the and the the film does a really interesting job i felt of dealing with the question of can can those characters have redemption both yeah. in an internal moral sense and an external legal sense. Yeah. I mean, this is probably not the level that anybody else is enjoying Attack the Block. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, but, I mean, for me, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but I, I wouldn't even go near trying to justify their actions um, yeah. in terms of you know should they be charged. Obviously, the the the, the um, victim of the original crime, you know. Turns around in terms of the charges or whatever. But well, they're they're forced to work together yeah, in order yeah, to yeah, fight, fight the uh, yeah. invasion. Yeah. But um, but but for me, it's more. I think it's interesting in light of the in light of the um the UK riots and and the, that certainly came to mind and yeah. the issues there with with uh this very legitimate sense of of injustice and being put against the rails and uh and kind of financial oppression and then the unjustifiable crime that grows out of that right um and that happens in large degree because of it i mean you've got kids who have a very kind of undeveloped sense of personhood morality or whatever but who have grown up in in a setting that really is completely against them it's it's they they they're the they're an underclass they're downbeaten and so it's it's not a, it's not sort of an unusual thing to think that this is where they might end up um yeah. without other options open to them um and, and so but showing that there's more to these characters than just their setting and this that given another situation some of the qualities that develop might actually be put to better use I mean, I, I thought that was quite a cool kind of thing. Yeah, I I, I, th- I felt it walked a really fine and good line between not mm. mindlessly forgiving them, no, or uh, because other characters and it, and it wasn't overly to... sentimental. I don't, I don't think. Well, that that was something, and this this is a big spoiler. So turn out for the next. It's not that big of a spoiler, but um, it's not. You know, you've got a group of five kids, and um, early on, I'm like, wow, it's really convenient that those five kids survive that, and. But like they don't all survive, and it's not. Yeah, um, yeah it, it it it's an R-rated movie, and it's yeah. it's willing to play mean. The 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 monsters I thought were brilliant, like they're low budget, but still really iconic. Yeah. Despite you know being just a big black fur with da- with glow yeah. and dark mouth. Um, oh, yeah, that's a really well design realized. I haven't seen before, and one that you I, know yeah, I thought it was worked original. both on a low budget and like. Yeah, I mean, and I really like clever. how they didn't have they didn't play that whole kind of let's kind of almost give you a glimpse, but not quite. And you know that they had those they had they the creatures the out there start, right from the but, start. Yeah, you know, no, they, they, the very start when it first lands, yeah. they don't. But then after that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they they get into it and they have these things actually in the film, and so the tension in it is is about 
what's happening with them rather than what are they what you know yeah it's quite efficient i mean it it's it's, i was surprised when it ended as quickly as it did actually but at the same time i could see like the edgar wright flavor coming through and that like there were it, it heavily referenced um popular genre films not necessarily the same genre but you know um pop uh, pop films of the 80s and 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 what have you and and there were some and 90s there were some very obvious ones and those were probably the only ones i picked up whereas i i'm guessing there was a whole bunch of stuff threaded through there that i didn't pick up um but the, the obvious ones that i picked up were like references to pulp fiction um to uh lethal weapon and to uh, 28 Days Later. Um, I missed the 28 Days. And, and, and these were almost all, like those three were all referenced in dialogue, um, passing dialogue. I mean, right. Recognisable dialogue, but at the same time, you know, obviously recognisable if you're familiar with the films. It all kind of, and, it, 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 those references all went past me, and yeah. unlike Shaun of the Dead or Hot Fuzz, yeah. like, there were lots of moments in those films where I could feel the reference hitting yeah or you know even if it was a reference i knew it was like here's a you know yeah, we're yeah. coming to get you barbara and yeah, yeah, yeah. dead and you know hot fuzz there was like stuff that is apparently is from point break which i've never seen yeah, yeah. so but like you know it's like why are they doing that it's like oh it's a reference to this thing yeah i didn't feel that kind of and that's something i don't necessarily totally gel with with Edgar oh, Wright's yeah. style and i didn't feel that at any point, like, oh, this is actually a reference to something. I did feel like I didn't understand what they were saying a quarter of the time, <laughs> which might be a combination of the sound at the Hollywood and the um, and the, uh, and the, the specific dialect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I can imagine in the states, did that have subtitles in the states? I don't know. Uh, it did not get a very wide release. Yeah, um, uh, and I mean, sometimes I know that some films have been played where they've actually dubbed. Yeah. like with actors with less of an accent. Oh, I don't no, know that's terrible. That would be terrible. What they would have done. Like yeah. I know they did it with like train spotting. They put um, yeah, that's put the... titles and stuff on. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what they would, they did for Attack the Block, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got I, a very, I think a lot of people quick, would be quick very quick lost on dialogue. English, you know, heavy central London or South London sort of accent. Yeah. yeah. Um, on a completely different note, Caddyshack. Caddyshack, yeah. Um, obviously. That's a well-known sort of comedy. I, I definitely I'd seen Caddyshack and and it's sort of various sequels and what have you um, from when I was quite quite a bit younger. Um, Are you going to say it? It was enjoyable, but it was a bit. You know, I think it was for its time, and and it sort of to me it doesn't hold up so well. Yeah, I'm kind of the same. I um, you know, um, it's something that a lot of people love, and I've revisited probably once every 10 years and yeah. i'm like you know what i mean there's moments in it and um i mean rodney dangerfield's energy is so great in yeah, it. yeah. um but it, it's there's, there's there's a lot I of that la- i laughed a lot more in a lot of other movies i picked up a lot the of the like the saturday night live vibe yeah. from um from bill murray um yeah. and i'm not a big fan of that right. um so yeah, it was it was one of the things. It was a bit OTT for me this time around, and I was just like, oh well, you know, I, I, there's nostalgic reasons to enjoy, and you know, there's, there are some funny bits, definitely, you know, that are, I guess more universally funny. But yeah. I mean, I was glad to give it a, yeah. another look, and it was a cool. I, I mean, it's a cool kind of tone. It, it, fit, to it fit the marathon, yeah, but it wasn't sort of. I, I guess a bit. I had a similar response to. Uh, 
a few secret? years ago. No, I love Top Secret. Okay, good. I, 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 I also love Top Secret. Um, that for me holds up. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, but no, um, I'm thinking of uh, Thunderbirds. I go. Oh, I slept through that. <laughs> which, is, which is, you know, it's a classic piece of cinema that you know and that you kind of you love. But at the same time, watching it was pretty slow, and it was yeah, it was okay. But at the same time, you go. I do appreciate this, and from when I was younger, and I saw this when I was, uh, you know, a kid or a teen, it had more impact on me then. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Black Vengeance, a.k.a. Poor Pretty Eddie, the print that we saw it was called Black Vengeance, yeah. but I've okay, so always this, heard... Okay, so this was sort of um, prefaced as, uh, as, as a, uh, a big kind of exploitation grindhouse piece. Um <laughs> are you going to argue that it's not what no i'm not actually <laughs> okay. um, it is it is um it was pretty good i i i, I it was what it was um and, and it's I, a tough film in a lot of ways yeah it's an uncomfortable film and i think a lot of people are really uncomfortable with it um but it's a film done with a, a lot of artistic intent that yeah yeah um yeah, that that goes to some very awkward and uncomfortable places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I I enjoyed it, um, but it was yeah, uncomfortable. Un- maybe yeah, maybe a good word for it. I mean, the the basic setup is that um, the lead character is a black woman uh, singer um, who's of some fame. Um, she's a big star apparently, and she gets. Um, Goes off for a drive in the backwoods and her gets, car breaks down. Yeah, her car breaks down, and uh, she winds up at a uh, sort of cabin hotel sort of thing. And the only three people who are around there are this guy who cuts heads off chickens and has a dog and is kind of a housekeeper type. Yeah, yeah. Um, a desiccated um, former star who's gone to sea, played by Shelley Winters, Winters. and. Um, a young man with delusions of uh, potential stardom um, as the future Elvis yeah. uh, type, um, uh, Eddie. And um, Eddie... Eddie runs just, the hotel. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie and Shelley kind of run the hotel. It's just kind of sort of subsists mostly. Yeah. And then, like, Eddie's convinced that he's found his ticket to stardom with this lady and that she's in... In love with, with him, him yeah. and that despite her giving no indications, um, and things get really awful, awful, yeah, and um, and her attempts to escape just kind of go from bad to worse. And she's, somebody compared it to misery. And she's which, a hard, she's kind of like a, a hard ass woman who's who's kind of not taking shit from anybody, but at the same time. It doesn't yeah. work in her situation. Yeah, she, well, she she winds up getting going, basically going into shock at a certain yeah. point, and um, the title "Black Vengeance" I think promises something slightly different than it mm. delivers. Like that "Black Vengeance" maybe consists of like the last forty five seconds. seconds or yeah, so. yeah. Um, I mean, here here's something I want to talk about, and I guess we could talk about it here. Um, I have a friend who didn't go this year; he's gone in previous years because of. Um, uh, which he perceives as overwhelming sexist content. Yeah. And poor Pretty Eddie has a lot of really rough scenes. And maybe we can revisit this after we've talked some other films. Do you think that's a lot to ask people to watch in that kind of context and accept 
I'm playing on the back of something like Caddyshack. Yeah. Um, which, you know, plays titties for fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, to give a bit of a spoiler and to be quite blunt, this film has a rape scene that's intercut with two dogs having sex. Yeah. And this has another scene where a black woman's like, has her clothes ripped off in yeah. front of an entire bar, bar. or yeah. restaurant full of people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, to get back to, I mean, I, w- I wanted to come into this marathon and tell my friend, Oh no, you, you really missed out, you know, it's an yeah. amazing time. And I, and I mean, I, I, this is one of my favorite marathons, not because specifically because of that content, but I mean, I do think poor pretty Eddie's is a really interesting film, but I, yeah. I do. And I've heard somebody comment on Facebook about this struggle of like, you know, being bombarded with that, kind of content and it's not, it's not like that was the only film you know you've no. got prime cut with its you know um you know drugged out naked naked, naked women in a bar yeah. and yeah and you've got um uh night of the cat it's... and fair game and um you know so and so you add all these up and it's like wow there's a lot of that i don't I, does that does that bother you at all or does that is it just kind of it, it just we, do we just take it for granted at so much at this point that it doesn't really register and if somebody else brings it up it's like well the marathon is what it is and well no i mean it's, it's always been a thing um i guess for for me this year there was um a lot more what well, as someone one of my crew commented one of the girls who came um said there was uh there was t- titties in every every movie Almost, except for maybe one or two this year. But in saying that, there wasn't like your atypical um, hot nights on campus or um, Confessions of American Housewife kind of film. New Adventures of Snow White. New Adventures of Snow White. There there wasn't that film in this selection. Um, But yeah. There was Uh, was just a lot of women in peril, you know. I, I mean... But, but but like in saying that, um, you have woman in peril, and then we'll get to this later on. But um, but the exploitation film in there was very much uh, uh, awful woman in peril film, but one where she she overcomes. Well, this is this is always a question of exploitation films, right? Because you know yeah. you have the you know I mean I haven't seen it, but something like, I spit on your grave where yeah. it's like oh well we have this really long dubious rape scene, but then she kills everybody at the end. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So is it a feminist film? And I I mean it's not just something that. You wrestle with in a marathon context. No, no, I well, mean, like Dogville you know, has a similar sort of thing. True, yeah. I mean, or I haven't seen it, but um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, I was... Yeah, um, I haven't seen that one. Um, yeah. I actually was reading about it, and um, the inspiration for it is actually that uh, the author, when he was 15, saw a woman getting gang-raped and did nothing about it, uh-huh. and was always really torn up about by that. Yeah. And so a lot of um, the inspiration for writing that movie which has a yeah. woman who gets raped and then takes revenge yeah. you know um which at that level that's sort of the plot of poor pretty eddie yeah yeah but you know <laughs> or i spit on your grave yeah. but you know these aren't necessarily huge yeah. feminists i don't know it's it, yeah. it's it's really it, it's really thorny stuff yeah and, and, I, and I, I think it's got to yeah. be tempered by um by um We've got to think of the context and the time that these things have come out. Yeah, it was a, a different place and a different time, and so you wouldn't necessarily make these movies now in the way that they're made. But um, they did make Cold Fish. Yeah, <laughs> which has a moment. That, I mean, I loved Cold Fish, but you know, and I think that that for me that movie works on sort of a similar level to something yeah. like Drive, where the characters yeah. are actually more allegorical. Yeah, yeah. But on paper. 
it's a more offensive moment than anything that played at the marathon this year, you know? Um, Yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get too bogged down in that. I just was curious about your reaction. Yeah, I I think... Yeah. Obviously, I'm I'm not a woman, so I'm probably not going to be as um, sensitive to it. Yeah. It's just a hard hard discussion to have because you have people saying sexism bad and the other people saying censorship bad and so there's not yeah. never a lot of discourse about yeah, it and yeah. i think like you know that's that's unfortunate I, I because think to, i think there are ways I to create a discourse around it not screen it out but I, yeah. I i i guess i i kind of i watch it and you watch it through your own lens of and your own sort of perspective on on what's acceptable that's right and you kind of go well for me I, I say well this sort of stuff is is coming out of a particular era and I wouldn't necessarily agree with this um, treatment of women or whatever but it's, it's just what the filmmaker is yeah. saying as well you know are they saying that this is you know what's the point of having this in the film and I think some of them are not so justifiable as others yeah um, well I think there's also a question of being in an audience an audience Reaction, like I think I probably laughed out loud at that point in Poor Pretty Eddie because it was so with the the rape in her cut mm. with the dog because it was just so wrong. Yeah, and, and you know, just like your brain just kind of freezes. <laughs> and but you know, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not being like, oh, it's funny that that you know yeah, drunk yeah, out yeah. girl's getting right. raped. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, and they've got dogs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but if somebody's sitting next to me who's like this is a rape scene and people are laughing, you yeah. know, it's a very different thing and mm. yeah, tricky. Um, but we're not going to resolve it tonight. All right. Don't be afraid of the dark. Don't be afraid. So this was the, the second and final and, and final, uh, preview of the, of this marathon, which is a bit, but on usually they have sort of four or five. Um, this time there was only two, which, uh, suited both of us. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was good. Um, I, you know, I wasn't particularly enamoured with, with this film. Um, a classic kind of the classic midnight horror spot, um, which has previously had things like paranormal activity and what have you. Um, I possibly saw two, I can't remember when that played. Um, or, no, maybe the, the Descent, actually. Um, Descent was the opener. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I I thought it was okay for what it was. I thought it fit the slot nicely. Um didn't sort of particularly stick in my mind, but at the same time, you know, there was some average acting and scripting in it. Um, but it was shot okay, and the overall kind of story, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't think it was crap. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't think it was crap. I, 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 I like the shooting and kind of vibe of it enough to sort of ignore how boneheadedly dumb the script was until about the last ten minutes, where I was finally like, yeah. oh, God, I cannot, <clears throat> cannot deal with how dumb this is anymore. But I was... I was coasting on just kind of the atmosphere of it, and yeah, um, oh, it, it, it managed it, to create a reasonable amount of tension, and and yeah, they were okay, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty instantly forgettable. It's never gonna. Yeah. I doubt it'll make anyone's top ten horror movies of the year yeah. much, but it's whatever. But um, you know, I'd watch another movie directed by that guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I. I mean, Katie Holmes. I'm not never really been a big fan of. Um, Dawson's Creek. No. So now Dawson's Creek. I never watched. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. My secret shame. Um, But um, yeah, yeah, and I've definitely seen much 
worse, and I was glad to see it. So hmm. um, I, I'm hearing it, there's rumor it might not even come out theatrically. Oh, so really? I'm glad to have got to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And and, and um, for me, it fit the slot. You know, it was the midnight kind of scare yeah. film. Um, usually, we get a preview for that. It was, it was fine, you know. Yeah. Um, Night of the Cat. That was pretty cool. That was awesome. There was, was there was parts of it that I found a little bit slow going, but there was some. <laughs> that was what was awesome about there it. There was some magnificent brilliance in there. Magnificent brilliance. There, and I have to spoil this a little bit because um, you know, how else are you going to get sense from anyway? Yeah. Um, there is a like okay, it's a night of, night of the cat um, genre. How would you describe this film? Uh, it's it's kind of it's a revenge film basically. Revenge like film. you know she's. Um, uh, she's, she's going after the woman or the the um I can't even remember exactly what the excuse for the plot is. She's basically like going after the guys. Like his sister, her sister or something. Oh yeah, her sister was was her, oh they, it was put in this hospital where she gets hooked on yes. drugs yeah, and something right. yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And that's right, because there's that scene where she goes to that hospital later, yeah, which yes, is amazing. Yes. Um, but yeah, so she's gonna like, and like, yeah, even though there's like copious evidence, it's somehow kind of there's a, like a, there's an action thriller noirish, almost. You're using the word thriller in one yeah. of the <laughs> as possible. Yeah, yeah. We cannot overstate the Be ineptitude great. of this film, <laughs> and just um, there, there, I have to state there's a scene in the middle which is just my god, it was brilliant. Um, there was had to be at least. I mean, it felt like longer, but it was. It was. Are we talking li- about her escape scene? No, no. It would literally have been. Ah, oh, there was almost everything in this in the film. No, there were parts in the film where it suddenly jumped to real time. Everything an escape scene from a particular location was real time. Her cutting her bonds like real time with all the little mistakes of her dropping the knife, picking up with a foot. Oh my goodness! It was. Yeah. It was fantastic, and in a way, it reminded me a little bit of Brisson. If, that, if that's not, um, if that's not, you know, sacrilegious to say, Brisson drank a lot of paint. Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, a man escaped. Where they had a really interesting scene, which was yeah, um, somewhat real time. Wow, a double feature of a man escaping. <laughs> <and that's laughs> no, I recommend that to anybody out. There. But I have to mention this particular wow. scene where I swear. When I saw it, I thought, "My God, they've one of the producers, or you know, one of the one of the financial funders' relatives had done a quote unquote bit of acting, and 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 they'd suggested maybe he should be in the film, and and maybe maybe the production guys or you know director and and, and writers and what have you had gone, the, there are no other characters; they're all filled. Make another character." Because there is this guy who's like one of the main gangsters, um, odd, short, little mafioso dude from out of town. Oh, that one with those lengthy dialogue scenes that had no attention. No, yeah. this is the the chicken out the fridge. He comes to the town he, to visit his friend. Walks into his big fancy apartment or whatever, or house or whatever it is. He spends literally three to four minutes walking around the lounge of this house, <laughs> not saying anything. Gesticulating <laughs> to pieces of furniture, going, looking at a bit of art, and and and, and uh, if you can imagine throwing his hands out and looking at him, going yeah, almost like a yeah, you bought that, that's cool, and then bashing a piece of you know just whacking a, a piece of um, furniture, a couch on the back, like ha ha, you picked this couch, great move. 
what the fuck was that, that scene doing in the film? This guy turns up and he's a short, weird little gangster dude who's making sort of threatening comments to his to his friends, but he spends three or four minutes walking around this lounge room, which is nothing special, like it's like it's you know the Taj Mahal or, or, or yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because you know these that was genius. It's like I didn't even remember that till you said that. And it's like that's a ma- magic of the marathon. <laughs> that, like all these little moments kind of get blended into their own memory space, and it's like wow, that actually happened. I wasn't dreaming that. Speaking of dreaming, terror. Which one was that? Was that the witches? That was yeah. It's, it starts right. in like 15th century, and like eight minutes into it, you see the end, and you're like, "What's going on?" Yeah, you know? I thought it was. I wrote down on my notes. This is a period piece about witches, and, stuff. and then all of a sudden, it's like, "Hang on, we've been watching a short film." Yeah, it's this late 70s Hammer, and most of it's present day, but the characters are making a film about this time in their history, yeah. where they were haunted by witches or something. But then maybe the curse continues Here's to present day. day. Um, and what are we uh, saying? Maybe, of course, it does. Well, yeah, yeah. It takes about five more minutes to establish that. Um, that was pretty I, cool as well. I really liked it. Yeah. I don't know how much of it I saw. Um, <laughs> well, because I, I know I watched saw about the first half hour, and then I I drifted in and out a little bit. But my experience was almost something like The Grudge, where it was just kill scene after kill scene with nothing else going on. And I don't know if that's actually what happened or if it was just like that there were startling noises that would wake me up for it. <laughs> but it was just like, I'm just like, this is great. This is just relentless. Like, no, there, there, not, there not, were bits not... in between where they kind of met with each other and talked about what's happening. And, and there was yeah. this whole kind of psychological tension of who's causing this and, and, and who is someone to blame. And then, and then the audience kind of going, well, I think she's actually possessed by this witch from... You know, have a half many years ago. Yeah, I remember there was some of that stuff at the start, but then I was just like, ago. "Oh wait, no, I, I'm awake and suddenly there's a flying car." Okay, amazing. <laughs> you know, oh wow, this yeah. guy's getting like attacked as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. So I, I, I'd be curious to see it properly at some point. It was one of two films that I drifted off during, but um, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Most of the people around me didn't really like it. I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, okay. yeah. It was, it was one that that uh, that kind of kept me rocking. I wasn't drifting off on that one. It was it was pretty cool. Cool. Um, didn't you hear speaking of films oh, that people didn't like oh my lord <laughs> this was this was my big struggle now I there was there's the phrase the hard yards that gets yeah, used yeah. well actually I, I think for me the, the, the marathon this year was in two thirds the opening third was pretty fantastic the middle third was the struggle for the this was, this was and, and the middle third, you know, like I'm speaking, this is 2am, uh, it's not a third, it's a quarter time-wise, but it feels like a third in terms of the placement of the films. This is like the 2am to 8am slot. Before you get to breakfast, after the midnight sort of shocker, there are these kind of bizarre, they might have some horror elements to them, but they're just weird, often old films that are slow and you're, you're tired, you're sucking down V's and, and coffees in between times, and then your head's just going into this weird space. And then Didn't You Hear turned up, and for me, this was like some sort of bad art film thesis, you know, like for an art student who was doing a film, and he, maybe he'd done like a stage one philosophy course. Hey, I know, I've been thinking about all this philosophy, I'm going to put this in my film, you know, it's going to be an art film, philosophy. And so there was this like philosophy 101 happening in this film, that was about kind of these this this kid at university who wasn't fitting in with the whole party scene. He was actually kind of interested in study, but then he was also interested in sort of 
to uh, ignoring the man and all his rules and and being childlike and and playing. Oh, and so he most of the film turns up in his dream life where him and his friends turn up in his dream and and they're they're these pirates on a ship sailing around this bizarre little place, this dream place that they've And he's got selected. a geology test coming up yeah, to just disappear. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And all this, this random stuff happens, and, and he gets with this girl who had turned up in real life as a sort of sorority pledge who had to kind of pin something on his underwear. Oh, it, it sounds it's sounding better in my in my summary than it actually was. Yeah. And, and and aside from all that, it had Gary Busey. <laughs> and how old was he? What, like he was in his he early twenties, <laughs> late teens? Yeah. And, but he still had that slightly manic kind of <laughs> energy to him. Um, but at the same time, the film was about this kind of. People, these kids trying to get away from the man and the rules and, and look at adventure and play from a kind of a childlike perspective. But there was no adventure or play in it. It was friggin' boring. It was so slow. Their adventure was sitting around the, um, Discussing the fireplace talking about, like... Faux philosophy. Yeah. Oh, I, um, good God. I, I nodded off on that and that a few times. Um, like I, I saw I every sleep, single just, frame of it. For me, it was just a couple of seconds missed here. <laughs> Hang on. I think I dreamed a couple of seconds of this but we're in the same sentence, obviously. Yeah. I I, um, uh, I looked around, looked behind me at one point, and I think everybody who I saw, including Ant, um, eyes were closed except for my friend Al, who was like, had this look of like, "Why are we watching this?" Because he's terror, so he's awake. I am. Um, it, it's. I'm not going to defend this film at all. But there's something perversely admirable yes. about it. Yes, it's I the found, holy mountain of teen yes. sex comedies. I found it, it. It was like a challenge that I felt like <laughs> I felt proud that I hadn't gone to sleep and I got through. This was this was a, a quintessential marathon experience. Yeah, exactly. At, at three a.m. or four a.m. I'm watching this thing that is so damn hard to watch, but I make it through. Yeah, and my and friend it, might have not. My friend might have been snoring for thirty minutes beside me. And I'm sure I, I had a, my eyes were kind of flicking open and closed occasionally, but I didn't go to sleep, and I, f- I feel somewhat proud of it. I just found the sheer audacity of it fascinating. <laughs> oh. um, like, uh, I mean, this is great marathon fair. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I found this a difficult and 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 not a good film, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that I saw it. <laughs> well, yeah, just, just that whole like. Especially just because it, you know, it starts off with like this being a dream f- sequence, and then the last hour is all in the dream, dream sequence. sequence, and you keep ca- trying, like, what about all the other stuff? And it's just not coming back. Where's the college like, movie thing going? You know, and you start freaking out. Um, and um, yeah, it, uh, it, nobody listening to this should seek it out if they haven't no. seen it. But <laughs> um, along those same lines, Andy Milligan. Blood. Have you ever seen an Andy Milligan film? I, I don't think that I have, but I might have. I, I, I don't know his name. Um, so I, the best film biography I've ever read is about Andy Milligan. Wow. It's called The Ghastly One. It's yeah. written by Jimmy McDonough, and you have to read it. Oh. Um, I just read it this month, and um, it's an absolute stunner. Um, yeah. Um, Andy Milligan, as you saw, because you saw Blood, is a pretty incompetent filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. Blood was something like his 12th or 13th film, and he wow. still didn't actually know what the line was. <laughs> like, you know, he'd shoot a two-shot, and then he'd cut to one person talking, and they'd be talking left to right. 
and then he pr- cut to the other person talking, and they'd also be talking left to right, right. Yeah. you know, and just um, but but there's kind of a weird spirit about them, you know, they're they're definitely high energy, and everyone's yelling at each other, and there's this really florid language. This is like a like a like a a camp trying to be horror melodrama. It's actually somebody described it as like the movie marathon's version of Twilight because there's a werewolf yeah. and a vampire, yeah, vampire. <laughs> and they're yeah, and they're. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it was like it was kind. There was there was yeah there were the the werewolves. Um, there was the vampire that was what's his name Orlov. <laughs> it was obviously going from the reference uh, to Orlok, Orlok, yeah. Yeah, um, it, <laughs> it was pretty inept. <laughs> yeah, but, but but there was something very appealing about it. The, one of the interesting things about the marathon is it was the high camp, different, which was the different types of ineptitude. Yeah, because like there's people who can't do what they want to, and then there's people who do what they want to, but it's just really misguided. Yeah, and this definitely felt in that latter category. Yeah, yeah, as opposed to something like. The Night of the Cat, where you know they yeah. were trying to make a thriller, yeah. and they just couldn't. It's just <laughs> like you couldn't kind of imagine blood being any other way with these florid theatrical mm. things and this weird misfit family of all these vaguely remo- assistants it, 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 and this carnivorous plant. To and, me, it was the, like the slightly lesser quality version, if I can say that, of um, Mill of the Stone Woman from a few years. I, I, Mill of the Stone Woman, I saw five frames of, and then I was like, <laughs> "This will be my sleep film." That's something that's important and is. Choosing your sleep film, because otherwise you regret it, as we'll get to later. Heavy melodrama. No, I didn't have a sleep film. I I had a couple of times where I vaguely nodded. Um, I didn't sleep through a whole film, but I I slept through a bit of one that I regret that I'll talk about in a bit. uh, um, Yeah, so that's a blood... Yeah, it was camp fun. Um, Pretty pretty good marathon. I'm still curious to seek out more Milligan stuff, um, just just because he is such a singular voice it, yeah. it, i mean that was quite a short film it was under 60 minutes and that was probably all i needed to be fair but and, uh, and that was the yeah. blood was kind of squeezed in just prior to breakfast and then we yeah. had breakfast and and breakfast is a real kind of second wind time where yeah see the sun you actually go outside see some light get some fresh air have some food have a significant break maybe 45 minutes or something from from viewing so you come back ready to watch something and your eyes aren't sort of flickering it's yeah you have to you have to have been through a marathon experience to understand. Yeah, that also was a chance for me to get a coffee. Yeah. So, and I don't drink caffeine normally. And I I, I met and had a quick chat with your uh, friend Andrew. Yes, yeah. Andrew Todd, director of Ghost Shark Tour, yep. Jaws. Yep, and he made a great call about um, likelihood of uh, after breakfast movie, which is often kind of some sort of action sort of piece. And he said, uh, "Well, exploitation seems to be pretty big nowadays." Exploitation film. Wow, that's a pretty amazing perceptive call. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I had never heard of Fair Game. Had you heard of Fair Game? No, not at all. I get the impression it's a pretty overlooked film, and I'm really not Hadn't sure heard of why. anybody in it, either. I didn't recognize anybody. Um, well, the cinematographer was Andrew Lesney, uh, um, who's done quite a bit. I um, uh, I think he did a Harry Potter movie or something. <laughs> um, he, hey, he's... Um, I'll, I'll look him up on IMDb, but um, um, he, he's he's definitely been a big name in some stuff. But yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I was I was I was coursing, you know, not much sleep, caffeine through my veins, and that was one tense movie. That was fantastic. There was, was no no chance you were going to sleep at all in that film. No, that was just 
elemental. It's um, basically the setup is there's a woman. She works on a nature preserve. There's three yabos in a truck. Yeah. They start off by killing kangaroos on the nature preserve. And um, it turns into kind of a tense psychodrama with her. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Psycho slash physical. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, very physical. And, but and she's a very capable woman um, who, like, that was one of the things that I thought that this is, I mean, it's not... It's not a terrible film in that your protagonist is, is a woman who is... I mean, she's set to because she's got three kind of quite hardy guys who are used to a pretty rough, rugged lifestyle coming up against her. But yeah. she's pretty resourceful. And, you know, she manages to, after sort of feeling a little while out, like she's out of her depth, kind of finding her feet and, 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 and out of desperation, really, just uh, coming up with a plan to kind of get out from under them and actually i don't know if you've seen the proposal for the make my movie uh, number eight wire oh, yeah. um, <laughs> thing but um the the um the end of uh that sort of reminded me of a similar like thing in the outback of taking mm. the supplies that you have on mm. your um increasingly battered um property and making a <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thing of it but um that, yeah. was, that, was, that was a pretty good film. It like, was very well done. I mean, that didn't at all seem B-grade to me. And no. Like, in terms of the genre that it was and and the setting, it seemed pretty pretty decent, really. It's it's pretty raw. I mean, the and this gets into spoiler territory, I suppose, but the scene where um, she's um, tied to the front of the mm. truck yeah. and systematically has her clothes... Taken off and then driven around. And that's a rough scene. And especially because it seems pretty real. I mean, that's, I mean, there's an early scene where um, she's trapped between two trucks and these guys are screwing around with her. And one guy, like, goes off the back truck, climbs over her car, and jumps on the front truck. And it looks like they did that for real. Yeah. And they probably did. Yeah, yeah. And there's no. It was very much like, almost like, um, what was. Road uh, death proof. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. It ha- it just had that feel like these are people who are cast for their um, uh... ability to. <laughs> but they also seemed like very real, like true to the environment kind of people. You know, they had the the accents and the and the kind of they they fit the role somewhere. I mean, there was a little bit of caricature, and yeah. and a couple of the bad guys. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, there's only her and the three bad three guys. Bad guys. So they're, you know, in terms of like yeah. characterization, um, you know, what the two of them are more nuanced than the third guy. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't really spent much time in Australia. I did, <laughs> I did wonder like between that and, um, uh, poor pretty Eddie, you know, there is a bit of, uh, and prime cut even, there's a bit of the, um, yokel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, you know, we can talk about sexism, we can talk about racism, but there is also <laughs> like, you know, a very anti the, uh, <laughs> the creepy local, uh, well, at least it wasn't like a Gallic people. kind of out in the country this time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, definitely a really strong thriller that, yeah, yeah. um, as, Seems really overlooked and like yeah, yeah. deserves a much better reputation than. When it was has. that from? Was that eighty six? I think. Yeah, yeah. And that um, was that would have stood up in any cinema. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, speak. Uh, on the other hand, speaking of films that might not stand up in any cinema, we have Equinox, um, which, to be fair, is, a, oh. is in the Criterion Collection. Yeah, is it? 
Yeah. Wow. I, I, I was saying the whole weekend is the first film they've shown from Criterion and then I realized <laughs> that they'd actually shown Videodrome, which is oh, also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but still. Um, so Equinox. Um, horror... Have you seen it before? No. Supernatural horror. Um, Excuse to show off claymation. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> but how scary can that be? It's not scary. Yes, like no. the premise is kind of scary. They've got like this ancient sort of it's basically Satanist, evil dead Satanist book with the devil and this that, and the other thing turning up except that the book summons these claymation evils <laughs> which are quite laughable yeah yeah oh. it's um it and um it was a slow burner for me I mean I, I really enjoyed the last yeah. half hour of it and I think I probably yeah and, and and yes, our, our characters are dumber than bags of hammers. Um, like, <laughs> I actually really got into that. I, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty. Our sheriff has Modius. It takes them a while to yeah, 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 unveil to... the actual identity <laughs> of. They haven't played much Dungeons and Dragons, obviously. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't one I was passionate about, but I'm glad I saw it and I yeah. enjoyed it. And I think I think I, it was, was prime marathon. Sort of filler, really. yeah, proper, yeah. yeah, proper marathon fair, and like, yeah. I, there's a good chance that I'll look at it a second time and like really groove on it. Um, <laughs> it might have just been where I was with sleep and everything at that point. Um, but holy crap, are we coming up to a barnstormer next? Where are we at? Well, the film after oh, we Echo next. To, are we second to last? We're second to last. Oh my word! So Ninja, top film with the marathon? It's up there. It's up there. Miami I, I, connection. Wow. So, uh, he, uh, I thought I felt like I felt at <laughs> like the start that it, comparing it to Lady Terminator was a little bit of an injustice. I yeah. mean, Lady yeah, Terminator yeah, was, is actually one of my top ten films yeah. of all time. Yeah, it was. Um, I, I felt the same way. And the first third of it was <laughs> but it's it slow. Um, yeah. So basically, I've been reading a lot about the story behind this, and it's amazing. There's this Korean director, Richard Park, who's done. Uh, had done tons of terrible movies. He did Ninja Turf, which played at a f- oh, yeah. the festival a few yeah, years yeah, ago, yeah, yeah, a.k.a. Yeah. L.A. Street Fighters, yeah. a film that has no ninjas in it whatsoever and has 35-year-olds that are supposed to be in high school. Yeah. And somehow he hooked up with Y.K. Kim, who is a Taekwondo expert. Um, and and so Y.K. Kim was sort of the co-director of this <laughs> yeah, yes, I saw film. That. And... I'm just lost for words. Oh, <laughs> this was God. like a classic B grade, read that Z grade, trash eighties action with the, like the classic hallmarks of terrible acting, terrible <laughs> scripting, great sort of pieces of action. Um, called Miami Connection because it was set. Where was it set? Actually, it was set in. It was set in Miami. No, it was the Miami. The ninjas was from, from Miami, right? But they came up. Connection. Oh yeah, wherever the University of yeah. Central Florida was, yeah. which I'm pretty sure doesn't exist. But so these, yeah, there's a girl who's at university with a bunch of friends. They all play in a band. Oh yeah, uh, and she's Dragon the, Sound. She, Dragon Sound. Yeah, and who, who play songs about ninjas? <laughs> except that they're all masters in Taekwondo, which you know, ninjas are Japanese. Taekwondo is. Korean and they're breaking boards on stage. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> they, they, the band turns up for a gig and they're in geese and then in <laughs> geese and, and some of them don't have a top on. They're just in gee pants. And oh the, my yeah. god! And then her brother is like like her brother is a ninja. Yeah, he's, he's part of the ninja crew. He's a, he's a grumpy ninja though. He's like really possessive. <laughs> he can't. And... He can't 
deliver a line without yelling. <laughs> Who's this guy? He's just a friend. A friend! <laughs> My biggest problem with the film is all the characters and beards are bad guys. I, I felt like it was very beardist. <laughs> <laughs> one of the one of the uh, the band members had a, a mustache and hairstyle reminiscent of Ravishing Rude. If you remember your 80s uh, WWF. I don't remember Rick Rude so well. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. Well, basically, you've got, it's, this, you've got these ninjas based in uh, Miami who are, who are sort of dodgy criminal, they, they're ninjas for hire to do dodgy work. <laughs> and they're, they're all ninjas in black, obviously. Yes, yeah, who ride motorcycles yeah. because that's very stealthy. <laughs> Who, uh, you know, except for their leader who's in white, which is also very stealthy and occasionally done, but they ride hogs, some of them. Ninjas on hogs. I mean, for goodness sakes, ninjas about stealth and about, you know, sort of silence, and here they are on these loud motorbikes. I mean, and we've got our heroes who spend all their time shirtless living in the same house, and we've got the token black one who's, like, somehow separated from his dad, and there's something with the Department of Defense and letters that doesn't really make sense. Who's then- kind of like some sort of sort of weird mix between sort of Eddie Murphy and Chris Tucker. <laughs> I thought there was a bit of um, Michael Winslow in there, Yeah, actually. yeah, a bit of Michael um, Winslow. And a, uh, yeah, a little bit of Orlando Jones. It is just... And a whole... And the, like, and the lead singer from DeBarge. And then just, yeah. just put a gaping void of talent <laughs> in the middle of that. Thought, then, we're, yeah. we're essentially, it turned into, at one stage, a 15-minute infomercial for Taekwondo. <laughs> when you realize the director's a taekwondo instructor not an actor and they have this bizarre kind of it's it's not even a martial arts scene it's a martial arts showcase right. showcase are you talking about that training thing on yeah. campus where they're just yeah. on the grass yeah, and they're yeah. just, there's no just, dialogue yeah. and well not much of dialogue it's basically just a showcase of taekwondo moves but they then incorporate some of those moves like uh attack me from the back with a knife into other parts of the film where a ninja attacks him from the back with a knife. Um, and he uses the move that he used in the showcase. But it's so bizarre because the the lead, one of the leads who was the co-director, the Kim guy. YK Kim. Yeah, yes. YK Kim. Was clearly, his English was terrible. Um, and he was clearly very skilled at Taekwondo. Um, and he was a Taekwondo master, obviously. Um, hence the kind of the infomercial aspect to it. When you put him in a scene where there's like an emotional outpouring of this kind of uh, troop of characters, and he's and he with his terrible English is not the worst performer, <laughs> you know that you're in for a special treat. So, so YK Kim is now a motivational speaker who teaches like the five ki- kinds of fitness and has his own like. <laughs> DVD and CD program you can buy. Um, I was doing all sorts of... I just stumbled across this huge page on Miami Connection. And um, apparently also he... Um, so he kind of co-directed it, but it was really Richard Park that did that. And But like he managed to put, get YK Kim to put in millions of dollars into it somehow. Wow. But do, um, do you notice... I, I noticed on the night, or the yeah. morning or whatever it was, and during the marathon I noticed in the credits, because you know, I'm the kind of person that watches those things, that the director actually cameoed as Uncle Song, the guy the that guy ran the, the restaurant, yeah. <laughs> who had a bunch of customers who clearly, you know, 
um, roughneck youngsters who wouldn't pay, and so he had to follow them out in the car park, demand they pay, they refused, and decided to beat him up, but he turned out to be a Taekwondo master. Right. <laughs> Again, this Taekwondo... <laughs> this was just fantastic. Do you remember the final title card? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember it well enough to quote it? Um, I, I don't think I can quote it exactly. It was about um, achieving peace through non-violence. Yeah, it was something like... World peace will only be achieved once violence has ceased. This it's is after we've so <laughs> there, There's like just a non-stop like slaughter for the last twenty minutes. It's just like the river is running red with blood. There's like like our our goofy hero who looks like you know Andy Griffith out of Mayberry or something yeah. has been like you know shirtless and covered in blood. And then it's like oh yeah, guess what. And and the the um, it's an advertorial for world peace. And YK Kim, who was supposed to be part of the band at college, looks like the you know the band dad <laughs> giving advice out to people and saying, "Hey, how are you doing? Are you all right?" You know, and it's still more like, believable than Ninja Turf, but yeah. you know, I mean, they do have like adult courses in college, unlike if you school. like B grade trash cinema, you have to see this film. Track as, it down. As far get as I can on. tell, the only way to get it on DVD <laughs> is through YK Kim's site. Well, you've got to see this film. <laughs> It, it has to be seen to be believed. It is so awesome. Comparison to uh, Lady Terminator, I think, in the end, was justified. Yeah, I still... <laughs> Lady uh, Terminator was something. La- Lady Terminator tip to tail yeah. is um, the best exploitation film I've ever seen. Yeah. And just so... Because it's so relentlessly <laughs> bizarre and shameless. And, <laughs> and, and no ripping, po- off, ripping off actual Terminator. <laughs> Yeah, at no point. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. And, and meshing a Western film with like Eastern mythology. Eastern mythology. It's <laughs> uh, it's insane. Um, but yeah, that was that was that was just ridiculous, ridiculously good having that film. And then we had the closing film, which Ant had said, "Okay, we've got another classic. A lot of people would have seen." Um, had you seen think, it? I hadn't seen it actually. Really? Wow. And I, I must admit, I feel like I need to see it again because I was not in prime condition. I had a couple of nods, not due to the film, just due to my utter lack of tiredness. We should say that the film, even though is I was fact, uh, Stuart Gordon's reanimator. Reanimator. Stuart Gordon's H.P. Lovecraft's reanimator. I my think. word, what a fantastic <laughs> film! Um, I, I did have a couple nods during it, and it played a little slow for me. But I think that was because I was sleepy. But yeah. I mean, uh, anyone who hasn't se- seen Reanimator, like, I it was a film that actually like I, I didn't used to be into horror films. I that deserves to be a this. cult classic. It is just yeah, so uh, it's. It was a film that, like, I was like, oh my god, that's a horrible thing. There's a. Because the slogan was Dr. Herbert West has a perfectly good shoulders and another in a dish on his desk. Yeah. And, um. It's. It, it's just. The, the tone of Reanimator is so goofy. Yeah, yeah. And so. Um, we got to spoil joyful. this as well. Yeah, the, um, the, the fact that. He's trying, he's trying to, you know, get on with this new guy who's moved into his flat, who's a bit of a psychopath, um, and then he accidentally ends up killing his fiance or girlfriend's <laughs> dad, <laughs> who's a bit of a twat, and then they're trying to bring him back to life, and he turns into a psychopath, yeah. reanimated freak. It's 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 probably the quintessential like I mean Return of the Living Dead's up there as well yeah, but yeah, in yeah. terms of like gory eighties yeah comedy 
that um i'm not sure how i missed this one because i I, i'm definitely okay with return of the living dead yeah i and some of the other ones I think I, I mean I I before I saw it I thought it was going to be kind of a serious uh, dark on, movie no, it and, <laughs> and it's it's so um, yeah it's never particularly scary it's very gross at points yeah gross um, but funny but yeah but so silly like um, when a head's been reanimated separately from the decapitated body, body and so the body's wandering around carrying the head and um, yeah it was a really perfect closer of just genuine yeah, mayhem yeah. and like yeah um oh, yeah it was the perfect closer i mean when you think of other closers like um like commando and and they're, they're kind of classic well, thing yeah. videodrome yeah um it was a classic yeah it was it was well well in keeping and um yeah, um, yeah and a, a fitting end to a really top-notch yeah on there uh, i think it uh voice some concerns at least on email about it possibly being a little difficult for new uh marathon newbies marathon noobs um i I don't know yeah i guess if you're expecting a bunch of um preview screenings of kind of genre films maybe it would have been a bit disappointing but for me that was just a fantastically classic run you had the opening trio which were just fantastic and then a reasonable run up to midnight the midnight screening, and then you just had this hard nuts, rugged section between two and eight, which was a real kind of challenge, but a challenge of kind of rarity and, and interest <laughs> um, that you just felt like you had to get through. I mean, yeah. Gary Busey and some bizarre kind of <laughs> art school philosophical thing. Wow. Um, and then... You kind of crew, that you just fight, you fight through that, the day. Yeah. and then after breakfast, my word, everything yeah. was a winner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I don't know. There, may, there may be people who came this first year that did have a hard time for various reasons, yeah. and I mean, I, I would the. I don't know, yeah, man. But, the, the, the overall vibe for me was really good. Like last year, the program was was not bad, but um, the vibe was a bit. There were no tech problems this year. That was one thing. Yeah, it was yeah. a half hour. Last year, yeah. we were waiting for something to get yeah. solved. This year, the only time a print broke was on the last line yeah. of "Don't, um, don't go, don't be afraid of the, the dark,", dark yeah. and it actually like worked perfectly. It was yeah. like, you know, yeah. um, and I think there were some there were some substitutions last year, so some stuff yeah. that was supposed to play didn't, and then a film that was supposed yeah. to be the ender didn't. So well, the, the films right. I didn't have so much of an issue with last year, um, but it was just something about the vibe of the crowd was a bit off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, whereas, I, and it, whereas it was quite a good vibe this year. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it felt just the right kind of um, yeah. um, thing, and, and hopefully... And there was some extra yeah. added goodness with like the new sort of the dinner and breakfast crew from Salvation Kitchen, I think. Yeah, Salvation they, Kitchen and Fatso, I think, also just yeah, I mean, had donated so many... Uh, I mean, was it 700 videos or something like that? Yeah, uh, I mean, DVDs, I've, I've got sorry, a stack and, over there of Blu-rays. 9 or 10 of just being able to answer stupid questions. I know, and some of my friends really, ha- really hate the, the competition elements of it, but I actually quite like the kind of interactive sort of bits 
spliced in between and the competitions you know the chance to win something and have a bit of fun while you're doing it I, I like that and and Fatso came to the party as, as sponsor that was that was fantastic yeah I hope they stay on yeah that's yeah. a good thing I, I mean a good match I think one, th- one thing I miss is the 35mm trailers when I first yeah, went they yeah. used to show 30 like yeah, the trailers. 35mm trailers before yeah I did, and, miss, I did miss those yeah and the, these little video clips that they show aren't always the yeah and last year they had a bunch of like almost YouTubers kind of clips from things which were okay, but they um, partially perhaps why that's that's why they cut them this year. Although yeah. partially, I guess it was to sort of keep the pace going. I mean, we got through fourteen films. Um, yeah, maybe they weren't quite as long, but we got fourteen films within the twenty-four hour period, which was just fantastic. Yeah. So you ready for next year? Oh yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is, uh, like regardless of how it rates against you know previous years. And and like you say, for us this was a like a stellar year. Um, the marathon, the twenty four hour movie marathon that it puts on is is the highlight of my year, or one of one of the few highlights of my year. You know, there's the the festival which I really love, and the marathon, and then and, your kids' birthdays. Yeah, and, and, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's my kids' birthdays and and, and other things. My, my family is very important, but in terms of things outside of my family, these are the two things that are that don't. They're non-negotiable bookings for me, and right. so I mean, whatever happens, I'm at the festival and I'm at the marathon. Yeah, so I, I just love it, and 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 deliver the That's goods. Yeah, thanks, Ant. Cheers to you, buddy. Thanks, Ant. Ant. <laughs> Sorry, terrible uh, uh, look around you reference there. And on that note, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, seal up for the night? No, I've probably got to get back home and uh, and uh, check in on my kids who haven't been sleeping so well. Melissa's <laughs> probably been looking after them all yeah. while they wake up and what have you. I was doing it last night. Right, well, um, we'll have to do one of these more than uh, three months in the future. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Less yeah. Than three months well, in the future. Hopefully we can so. kind of get on to our sort of bi-weekly uh, at least viewing. Yeah. And, Sounds uh, like a plan. Do some stuff. Cool. Cool, man. Night, night.